Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Hi, this is Jimmy Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. How do you forgive? Bless the person you haven't forgiven and pray for them until you're healed and free. So Luke 6, 27, 28, I say to you, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who spitefully use you. Okay, so we read that scripture, Luke chapter six, bless those who curse you, pray for those who spitefully use you. So, it's, you know, I mean, it sounds, okay, that's, that's good. But the actual practice of it is disgusting. It's just disgusting. So, you know, I'm not a hater. I've, I've never been a, a hater. In, but there have been two or three people I just hated, you know, in my life. And when I became pastor in a church in Amarillo, I was 28 years old. I'd been in business. And the pastor of the church left. They asked me to take over the church. It was a thousand-member church. I, was, I had no experience, never been to seminary or anything. And I took over this church. Well, the people were sweet to me, most of them. But there was a guy in the church that didn't like me and didn't want me to be the pastor of the church. And he actively campaigned against me being the pastor of the church. Well, I was afraid. I was total, full of fear. Fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of fill in the blank. I was full of fear. And I wanted to be the pastor, you know, and it, it excited me at the thought of being the pastor. But I was not qualified, didn't have any experience. I, you know, I was struggling to answer questions and stuff. Well, this guy's camp- campaigning against me all the time this is going on. Well, I hated him. I mean, I just got to where I just, and, and he would sit, it list, you know, I would be preaching and he would sit in a prominent place in the middle of the sanctuary and go to sleep during my sermon. And let everybody know, this guy's boring, get rid of it. And so I had a little dungeon in my heart and I drug him down in there about 10 times a day and beat up on him. I just tortured him. I waited to see his obituary in color with multiple pictures. And uh, that I hated the man's guts. I despised that man. And uh, Karen said to me one day, your personality's changing. And I could feel oppression. I mean, I could feel mentally and emotionally like a heaviness on me, you know. And she said, your, your personality's changing, Jimmy, and you're snapping at me, you're snapping at the kids, you need, you need to deal with this. Deal. So I went in one day and I was praying and I said, and I was just saying, Lord, kill, remember Ananias and Sapphira? Kill this guy. <laughs> you know, I'm two funerals away from victory, you know. So uh, the Lord said, I want you to bless him. I said, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not blessing this guy. He doesn't deserve it. I deserve it. This guy doesn't deserve it. The Lord said, no, I want you to bless him. You know, the Lord never says, you know, Jimmy, you're right. <laughs> I've waited for it, but it's never happened. But uh, I want you to bless him. I said, no, I'm not blessing him. The Lord said, yeah, you're going to bless him. Well, I did it, but I did it like this. You know, I had my fingers crossed. Okay, bless him. The Lord said, no, no, you pray for him like you pray for you. You pray for his business. You pray for his marriage. You pray for his family just the way you pray for yourself. It, it was disgusting to me. I just thought, I, wh- 
What if you bless him, Lord? Now, now I'm mad at you. I mean, I don't want to bless this guy. And I did. I did it out of obedience, and I did it, and the Lord said, every day. Every day you wake up and you bless that man and his family. And I was like, oh, gosh. This is awful. So about 10 days after doing it, and I was doing it out of obedience. I didn't do it out of desire or anything. I just did it out of obedience. About 10 days into it, I woke up one day and said, well, I'll bless this guy, and bless his wife, and bless his children, and all that. Well, as I was blessing him, I saw a picture in my heart of a little boy about 10 years old standing out in a field. It was like a farm or a ranch. There was a house over here, and this little boy was standing out in the field, and something really bad had just happened to him, like abuse. And he was like in shock. And I saw this little boy, and the Lord said, now that little boy is the man you hate. And you see him for what he did to you. I see him for what was done to him. And instantly, I felt compassion for him and never had anger again. Blessing is the medicine. And blessing forces forgiveness out of your head into your heart. You cannot hate a person you're blessing for very long. And a lot of people say, I keep forgiving them. I just can't get over it. I just can't get over it. Well, the, the point is this. Because we won't bless. Jesus said, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. So as I'm praying, it proves to God, this isn't a head thing I'm doing. So my father will do to you if each of you does not forgive your brother from your heart. Not from your mouth and not from your head, from your heart. And if I'm truly forgiving you, what it means is I release you to God and I bless you. I have no, there's no bitterness. I'm not trying to get justice. I'm not trying to exact some kind of a cost. I'm over it. I'm over it. So I see that guy. And by the way, that guy kept hating me. I mean, he didn't change his tune at all. Uh, he didn't, when I forgave him, he didn't come up to me and say, hey, let's be friends. He was still a knucklehead. But I would see him and I just thought, love you. I don't know what happened to you, but Lord does. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. When I talk to people about the issue of forgiveness, I totally relate to this. A lot of times what people say is, you know, Jimmy, I've forgiven this person a hundred times, but nothing ever changes. I still feel my blood pressure go up when I hear their name. I still don't want to be around them, you know. I still, I just, I know that I'm not over this thing. Okay, so I'll talk about forgiveness and, and then we'll pray. Jesus said, Matthew 6, 14, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And so the issue is this. You know, we're saved. We're on our way to heaven. That's not the issue. The issue is God will give us as much grace as we give away. If we want to be a dam, like a lake dams up water, 
grace will not flow through us. We'll live bitter. You know, because those stale waters get bitter. If we want to be a river of grace, God will give us all the grace we'll give away. Okay, we want to be a river, not a dam. Okay, the problem with unforgiveness is hypocritical because we have been forgiven by Jesus every sin that we've ever committed. And Jesus tells the story in Matthew 18 of the servant who was forgiven a million dollars and wouldn't forgive his fellow servant a thousand dollars. It's hypocritical. It opens us up to demonic torment. Now this is the story here uh, part of the story about Jesus telling the parable. The master, after he called him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. So my heavenly father also will do to each of you if from his heart you do not forgive your brother his trespasses. So Jesus is saying it's torment. Turn that person over to torment. Unforgiveness is torment. We were not created by God to be a repository for anger. So when we decide not to forgive, that torment literally opens, or that unforgiveness literally opens us up to torment. But listen to this. It opens us up to demonic deception. This is Ephesians 4. Be angry. Do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Okay, so Paul is saying, be angry. There's nothing wrong with anger. Allow anger. You know, God gets angry. There's nothing wrong with that. So don't bottle up your emotions and act like you're not angry, but don't sin. Don't justify bad behavior because you're angry, which a lot of people do. Okay, don't let the sun go down in your anger. Deal with it today. Fresh anger is very manageable. The problem, yesterday's anger is a problem. Last year's anger is a big problem. And you say a person has a temper. They're like a teapot that's about to blow. They have unresolved issues. People that have, they can't manage their anger. These are just people that have a lot of bottled up anger. Okay? So don't go to bed on your anger. But if you do go to bed on your anger, understand this. You're going to give a foothold to Diabolos. The, the name for devil in, Hebrew, in Ephesians 4 is Diabolos, slander and accuser. That's what that word means. Okay? The devil is a slander and accuser. So you, you're married or you're in a relationship with someone and you're, you get mad. All of us get mad. Okay, so nothing wrong with that. You go to bed on it, and you're laying in bed, and your mind is racing. You know how that happens. You know, you're fighting with your spouse, and you're angry, and you lay there, and your mind is racing, and all these thoughts are going through your head, and um, you're laying back to back, not breathing, because you don't want to give them the satisfaction that you're alive. Did you know that a lot of the thoughts that are going through your mind are not introduced by you? Because you went to bed on anger, now the devil is slandering your spouse. You're, you're, the devil cannot wait to interpret other people's motives to you. He loves that. See, if we would sit down and talk it out, we would just reason with each other and get it over with and work it out. But you go to bed on anger, and then the devil begins to say they're against you. They're trying to hurt you. They're doing this and this and this. Why is he doing that? Because he loves to divide people. He loves to ruin marriages. He loves to ruin families. He loves to ruin our lives. So we are going to bed on anger. And so now we wake up under the influence. Now listen to what I'm saying. Okay. If you go to bed on anger, you've been counseled by the devil and you don't even know it. If you have regularly gone to bed on anger, you are deeply deceived about some of the people in your life and you don't know it. That's how dangerous it is. Well, you say, well, Jimmy, how do you know? Because after three years of marriage, everything I believed about Karen was of the devil. I had gone, I'm, I'm an Evans. We're grudge holders. 
I'm talking about the old Evans, not my new bloodline, my old bloodline. We get quiet. And I can't tell you how many nights when Karen and I were married in the first few years, I would lay there and gnaw on something that she said or did. Just gnaw on it. And I would wake up the next morning under the influence. And I looked at her and I thought, I made a mistake. I should have married. I knew the girl I should have married, you know. Because the devil kept reminding me. Well, then, you know, when I came to, I realized the reason I didn't marry her is I didn't like her. <laughs> but when I was mad at Karen, it seemed real good. Yeah. I'd lay there and I'd gnaw on that thing, gnaw on that thing. See, and you wake up. So, so there's this couple, and they're madly goo-goo in love, soft-hearted, happy, getting married in front of a preacher. How do you go from that to being hard-hearted in front of a judge and hate each other? One drop of anger at a time that you go to bed on. And it kills the garden of your love. And you wake up one day and look at each other and you say, I don't even know why I married you. I did that. I woke up and Karen, told me, she began to stand up to me and I told her to leave, get out of the house. And she, she went to the bedroom crying. And I was in the living room and I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do if she leaves. And I said, Holy Spirit, teach me how to be a husband. First time I've ever shown an ounce of humility. And it was like something fell off of my eyes. I, I don't, you know, something fell off of me. And in an instant of time, I saw Karen as being the most precious thing that God ever gave me and myself for the jerk that I was. I was under the influence for three years, almost divorced. I would have divorced multiple times because I was just going to bed on anger and, and storing up all that anger. So whenever we go to bed on anger, the devil's going to lie to us about people. And if we've done it very often, we're, we have to come to this place of saying, I don't even know that I know the truth about people anymore. Because we don't. Okay? And the Lord will deliver us. The other problem with anger is regardless of who we haven't forgiven, it affects those closest to us. You could be mad at a dead relative and it ruined your marriage. Because the people closest around us are the people we're going to spit the venom on. This is Brent Evans with Marriage Today, and I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out marriagetoday.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, videos, articles, and live events.